Welcome to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with you today. Always a blessing to be able to open up God's Word and study on this program with all of our listeners. And we appreciate every single one of you. We're thankful that you're listening, and we pray that as you continue to listen to Search the Scriptures, that your knowledge of God's Word is growing. That is how faith develops within an individual, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. And we pray that as your knowledge grows and prayerfully your faith grows along with your knowledge, that you're growing closer to God as well. And as you grow closer to God, as you grow spiritually, grow stronger spiritually, that you're coming to the point where you'll be ready to make that decision to obey God, God's way, to come to him under his terms, to give your life to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to be committed to your heavenly Father for the rest of your life. We pray that this program is helping you along that line as you're learning the Bible better. It's my privilege, my blessing to be here with my brother in Christ, Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's a privilege for me to be on the program with you and to know that we have our regular listeners out there and maybe even some new ones. It's encouraging that you are there listening. And it's even more encouraging that you come here to be with us in our worship service and fellowship. I know that because I have the occasion to meet some of you or someone tells me that there's someone here from the radio program and that's always good. And we hope that you will continue to do that. If you have not yet had a chance to visit us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, encourage you to do that as soon as you can, as you find it convenient. It's also a privilege to be on this program today with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane. Gary, it's certainly a pleasure for me to be with you both on the program today. And I'd like to extend a word of welcome also to those who are listening. We're certainly pleased you've tuned in to search the scriptures today. And I think we can say for the vast majority of you, you do that on purpose. More than likely, this is not a radio station that you'll turn to by accident. It's something you do with a definite purpose in mind, and we certainly thank you for doing that. We hope that the time we spend together in God's Word will be of benefit for all of us. Amen. And as Dwayne said, those who listen in the Omaha area, uh, where we're based, uh, we have been in, we've had the opportunity to meet many of our listeners, and we're thankful for all of those in other areas where this program is broadcast as well who mm -hmm. listen to this program, and That's we've right. heard from a number of them as well. Now, we're going to begin a new section of study today on the program. This is going to get a little bit deep, perhaps, but I think the question, the basic question that we're going to ask is very pertinent, very fundamental. And I think it's one that really ought to cause all of us to do a great deal of soul searching. And that question is simply, are you being careless with your soul? A lot of people might wonder when I ask that question, uh, careless with my soul, you know, it's, we talk about being careless with some possession that we have our cell phone, or maybe uh, careless with some money, or maybe we're careless with some particular document, an insurance paper or something that we end up losing, and then we've got to go pay some money to have it reproduced, or careless with a number of other things that we can look at and we can relate to as material objects. But careless with our soul? 
but it's a very apt question, isn't it? It is. It's, uh, if you could say it this way, a very soul-searching question. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it is, you're right, Gary, very important. And really, it may be the most important question that any of us can ask because our soul is something that will go on through eternity, either in eternal punishment or in eternal life. And it's something that we have in our possession in this life. Uh, it's something that we care for or that we are careless with. Now, Dwayne, you said it's something that we have in our possession. Yes. And I guess that's really where I suspect that this question might trip up some people because I'm not sure a lot of people really conceive that they possess their soul. But it is in their possession and it is basically in our care. Yes, indeed. It is ours to do with whatever we choose. And we need to be getting it ready getting ourselves, and of course it's not our physical bodies that's going to go on into eternity, it is our soul. Yes. So how are we caring for and how are we preparing for our eternal existence as far as our soul is concerned? And that's really what the question is about. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, I I was also thinking, Gary, we could think of our soul as being a tremendous trust that's given to us by God. Yes. He has entrusted that soul to us, and I think uh, that's what Duane was alluding to when he said it's in our care. And then we're the ones who decide, are we going to obey God and nurture that soul, and as you were pointing out, prepare it for eternal life with him, or do we neglect it? Or are we careless with it, as yes. suggested by the title of this particular series? Yes. Now, this is a concept that is laid out for us in Scripture. Mm -hmm. If we turn to Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46, Jesus talks about the soul from this perspective, this very perspective. How does that read, Duane? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And when he finds the pearl of great price, what does he do? When he finds the pearls of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Yes. So in both of these, these analogies, the kingdom of heaven is being compared to a treasure that is found in a field. And the man who finds it, he hides the treasure, then goes and sells everything that he has in order to purchase that field. It is compared to a pearl that is so exquisite that when a merchant finds that particular pearl, he sells everything that he has in order to buy that pearl, indicating that the kingdom of heaven, our position in it, is worth more than anything else and everything else that we could possibly possess in this life. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, what are we talking about? 
our soul's salvation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Our soul's salvation. It's not our physical body that's going to go on into eternity. As I noted earlier, it is our soul. And so when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven being more valuable than anything that we could possess and so valuable that it's worth giving up everything for, we're talking about our soul's salvation is just that valuable. Nothing compares to it in value. Mm -hmm. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, what do we read along this line? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus asks that question, doesn't he? Yes. He does. And in both of those questions posed in that one verse, they're rhetorical. Mm -hmm. They certainly are. The answer is understood in the question. Mm -hmm. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Mm -hmm. What's the understood answer? Well, the answer is nothing. He doesn't he profit no anything. Profit. That's right. And what would a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing he can give or should give in exchange for his soul. Because nothing is as valuable mm -hmm. as our soul. Mm -hmm. Now, there it is again, laid out in very succinct form in, uh, by our Lord himself. Mm -hmm. and, and there is that concept that we possess our soul. Mm -hmm. What would a man give in exchange for it? What if a man gained the whole world and lost his soul? Mm -hmm. It's something that we can lose. It's something that we possess or have control over. And so we need to stop and realize that's the most valuable, that's the most valuable thing that we've got. Mm -hmm. The most valuable possession, mm -hmm. our soul. Nothing compares to it in value. And really, we should be looking at heaven that way. Uh, you know, you go back to what we had in Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is compared to a treasure. You know, and I suspect there's not one of us who would not be impressed and who would want a great treasure. Yes. Uh, you know, some of us may even dream about that kind of thing. That's how we need to view heaven like this great treasure. And then it speaks about the merchant who is seeking that one priceless, precious pearl. And I think we should understand that this is an individual who perhaps has devoted his life to finding that one pearl. It's someone who knows what it is he's looking for and finally he sees it, that flawless, perfect, priceless pearl. And he goes and sells everything he has so that he can possess it. That's how we need to view heaven, the home of our soul. That's right. Absolutely. And we look forward to heaven and taking our souls there instead of frivolously wasting this great possession that we have that has, as you have said, that has been entrusted to our care. Mm -hmm. We can also see the value of our soul when we stop and we think about what a price was paid for the opportunity for our souls to be saved That's for right. eternity. Right. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 16, how does that read, Dennis? Uh, I'm sorry, Dwayne. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that everlasting life, again, is going to be realized from a spiritual perspective, and that's going to be our soul. That's right. Mm -hmm. God gave his Son for the opportunity that we can be saved for eternity, that our souls can be with God, can live in that spiritual realm with our Heavenly Father and with Christ in heaven forever and ever. Mm -hmm. In Romans chapter 5, verses eight, uh, 6 through 8, what do we read there, Dennis? For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely will a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's a parallel to what we read in John chapter 3 and verse 16. It goes into some more detail, mm -hmm. but it tells us again that God loves us so much that he gave his son mm -hmm. to die for us. Yes. He demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were not worthy, not deserving, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for our soul's salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, what in value could you compare the life of the Son of God to? There's nothing. There is nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It's like exchanging your soul or trying to profit in the world and give your soul in exchange for it. It's just nothing that can compare. And that was the price that was paid for our soul's salvation. Mm -hmm. So it again highlights the value of our soul. God paid the highest price I think that we could conceive mm -hmm. for our soul. Yes. Just amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we can fully appreciate that. No, I really don't think we can, Gary. Uh, you know, you think about the fact that in Jesus dying on the cross, he was the one and only who should not have been there. Yes. Yeah. He was the only one without sin. And yet, he's the one who went there so that through his perfect life, the price could be paid for our sins and the guilt of them. Amazing to contemplate. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah, it really is amazing. When he was on that cross, of all the people gathered there, <laughs> he was the one who should not have been there. The only exactly. One. Because he was the only one who was sinless. Well, Christ died that we might have the opportunity to live. And once again, that's going to be on a spiritual level, in a spiritual realm, and we're talking about our soul living on. Yes. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, we see both perspectives here, both sides of the ledger. How does that read, Dwayne? For the wages of sin is death, 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Who are the sinners then? <laughs> the sinners Man. are all of us. Yes, we are. Everybody. If we went back to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, Paul tells us there that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we could look at a number of other passages that tell us the same thing. So all of us are guilty of sin. And the wages of sin is death. We're talking about ultimately eternal death or eternal condemnation. But now the other side of the ledger is also posed in that same 23rd verse of Romans chapter 6. And that is that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm -hmm. He went to the cross. God sent him to the cross. Jesus willingly died on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. And through that sacrifice and then through faith in him, and obviously the faith would include obedience and dedication, faithfulness on an ongoing basis, we can look forward to, we can be assured of eternal life right. mm -hmm. through him. Right. In Romans chapter 5 again, if we go back to verse 8, but then we read down through verse 10, what do we read, Dennis? But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Several times in that particular text, the theme of Christ dying that we might live is brought forth. Right. It, verse 8 again, God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. And then in verse 8, or verse 9 rather, uh, having now been justified by his blood, the blood indicating his life. He died, that's right. And from a Jewish mindset, they would have understood the life is in the blood. And, and mm -hmm. as soon as you use that particular, uh, that particular illustration or figure, they would have understood you meant he died. Right. And then in verse 10, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So several times in those few verses, the death of Christ on the cross is brought forward and emphasized, and it was all for our salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. So that our soul could be, could live on with God and Christ in heaven for eternity. That's right. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27, what do we read there along that line, Dwayne? Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered himself or offered up himself. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? Yes. He offered up himself. And of course, we've already read, God sent him to die on that cross. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, God the Son, 
willingly went to that cross. He offered up himself that we might live. And it was a one time for all time sacrifice. And once again, it was not for his sins. It was for our sins. Right. We keep seeing the value of our soul emphasized first from the statements of our Lord back in Matthew chapter 13 and chapter 16, but then also in realizing the price that was paid so that our souls could live on. We could have eternal life. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, Dennis, what do we read there? In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God sent Christ to be the propitiation for our sins. Uh And once again, it's emphasized, verse 9, that this was a manifestation of God's love toward us, Uh that we might live through him. That goes right along with what we read earlier, doesn't it, Dwayne? Yes. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. We were under the death sentence because of our sin, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right there. There's the value of our soul. Christ died for us. God considered our soul so valuable that he sent his son, his own son, to go to that cross and die so that our soul could live on in eternity. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes, it is. And I'm, so, I'm, I'm afraid that we so often just kind of pass over that particular tremendous blessing from God. We're going to stop and park here, come back in our next program and continue this study. Our soul is valuable. We ask that question again, my friends, are you being careless with your soul? What are you doing? How are you living right now to ensure your soul's salvation? Let us send you that free Bible study and you can learn what God expects of you. You can learn what, respe- what response he's looking for on your part. The study is free. We'll even pay the postage. Don't pass up this opportunity to learn right from God's word how you can pay the proper attention to your soul and not be careless with it. We hope to hear from you right away.